The 2022 NFL schedule has been released and the 2022 NFL season is almost here. Get ready and grab tickets today at Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the Minnesota Vikings. Never played the Packers at home with fans to start the season out ever in Vikings franchise history. So this will be a memorable experience. I'm really excited to see how Lewis scene turns out. Probably most people were surprised that when we traded all the way from 12 down to 32, but it really seems like we got a great value pick. And so I'm excited to see what he adds to our secondary. Another exciting week here in the NFL, which just makes for another exciting episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Welcome to episode 146 presented by Ticketmaster. My name is Tatum Everett. We've got Gabe Henderson, producer Jay Nelson here in the TCO radio room. We also have our special guest of the week, Lindsay Young, Vikings.com staff writer and assistant editor. All right. Very generous round of applause for Gabe. I appreciate that. Right? Thanks, guys. Woo! <laughs> and, and a woo Jay, I didn't take you as a woo girl. I'm a woo guy. He's a woo, a woo guy. guy. Yeah, he's, he knows this. I'm a woo guy. He is, yeah. He's a woo guy. Yeah. Strength Learned finders exercise new. that we did early in the year. Mm-hmm. It shows like strengths and weaknesses. I'm a woo Jay's, person. Yeah, both you guys. Both you are the are only woo. two in VEN because yeah, Jay was correct. the only one. I was the only one for mm-hmm. a long time. So I, when, I, when I got this job and took my personality test, Brian Harper was like, uh, you are also a woo person. Jay's going to be really upset that he's not the sole woo person anymore. No. But the funny part was when I was the only one, then it would turn into whenever the meetings would end, Harper would just look at me and I'd have to go, woo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so. you can continue to hold that title. I will, I will stay out of the woo lane. We can both go down the Ric Flair lane. I'm cool with that. We can share this. <laughs> All right. Well, on this episode of MVP, we'll dive into the 2022 NFL schedule, which was released hours ago. Plus, we'll preview rookie minicamp going on uh, later on this week. And Lindsay is going to open up about her series that is currently running for the second time on Vikings.com called Getting Open. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. She's telling the stories that matter, that really impact all walks of life. And we're really happy to have you on today to be able to talk about so many fun things going on right now. Yeah, I mean, this is an awesome week to come on and chat, and I'm definitely looking forward to to talking a little bit more about getting open, but pumped to dive into the schedule, too. I feel like this is absolutely one of the most exciting weeks of the year. Yeah, it's funny. You know, if you're a planner in life, if you like to kind of see your year, yeah, Lindsay's hands goes up, if you like to see your year at a glance and kind of know where you're going and stuff, especially like if you're in the football world and you've got weddings coming up or you've got family engagements, holidays, and you're like, well, what's my year going to look like? This is the week for you. It's nice to know what the last quarter of your year is for an entire (laughs) staff. There's a lot of people in the NFL who look forward to this day just to be able to know, all right, this is what the back half of my life is going to look like. But, um, you know, I I, honestly, there's so many times that we say this during the year that you get excited about something happening. This is one of those times where we all knew who the who we're playing against. That's all been predetermined. But now we actually get numbers on paper and dates that we can start penciling in and you really start to look for the fun matchups that are going to be happening. It's, it, it's always fun this day and we love it 
I think it's fun too to see like what everybody is looking for in the schedule. So like when I was looking at, I was like, oh, this is how many primetime games we have. And I am not a great night person. So I am all about the noon games. Like other people are looking at like when we're playing the Patriots and we're playing Dallas. So it's kind of fun to see how people approach like breaking down the schedule. Lindsay, I feel like we should just put TBD beside every game and then change it to night games the week before we actually play them. Just so you can get mad. I like I'm getting stressed out just like hearing you say that. Like, I promise you guys, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to take out my hard copy planner and write in all of the games. Nice. And if one gets changed, I really hate using a Sharpie in the problems. Planner. Might, you might I, want to use a dry erase marker. I'm a big I'm a big Apple like iPhone calendar, you know, like for me, I'll go in and I'll put it in the calendar because whenever I'm like, oh, I got to do this that week or this that week, I'm like, oh, I know I know exactly what game it is. I'm like you, though. I want to know it all. And for the most part, there were definitely some twists and turns in this one. I think um, just just a couple of notes before we kind of dive in maybe a little bit more week by week. There are nine home games this year, seven away and that one neutral site game over in London. So that's nine opportunities for you guys to get into U.S. Bank Stadium and see your favorite players play. And overall, as far as strength of schedule, the Vikings rank 20th out of the 32 teams. So a very favorable schedule this year. The road, though, never easy. And, you know, Lindsay, I'll get your reaction right out of the gate here. We start week one at home against the Packers. I mean, what more can you ask for when you kick off the season? It's literally the best home opener (laughs) that you could have. Like, the first game we ever played in U.S. Bank Stadium was against the Packers. Jay, that was a home opener as well, wasn't it? That was actually week two. Here's the thing. We haven't played. The schedule makers love to stick the Vikings versus Packers, especially whether home or away, either week one or week two. Yeah. As primetime matchups, whether it's a late afternoon game or even primetime games, they love to stick Vikings versus Packers week one, week two, whether it's here at Lambeau. This is no exception, and this is another one. Oh, congratulations. Welcome to you know new head coach, new team, and we get the Green Bay Packers at home week one. It's so fun. I mean, people who come, like, I think every team has that big rivalry, right? So it's not like this is the only one in the league by any means, but it's just so fun, I think, because we're located, you know, only like five hours from each other. The rivalry is just really fun. I feel like there are so many, like, split households where like a spouse, one spouse is a Vikings fan or one partner is a Vikings fan. The other is is a Packers fan. And so like that game is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't, I was, I'm looking right now. We've never played the Viking. We never played the, we've never played the Vikings either. (laughs) We've never played the Packers at home with fans to start the season out ever in Vikings franchise history. So this will be, uh, just a, a, a memorable experience. My first ever game here with the Vikings as an employee was against the Packers in week one, and there were no fans. No so fans. This, will, this will be um, exciting to be a part of something that a lot of people talks about as the biggest game of the year. And the fact that we get it to start the season out, um, I'm assuming everyone will be healthy for that game because legs are fresh. There won't be any hitting in camp or OTA. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Besides Gabe screaming from the press box <laughs> or from the uh, radio room at that point, I think this game will be a lot louder than that first one where literally you could hear Aaron Rodgers. He could hear every single call and it was the most surreal home game of no fans and just watching, you know, them march up and down the field in that game. And I think there was a combined 77 points in that game. It was so weird. It was so crazy. So this ought to be a lot more normal of the screaming Vikings and Packers fan. It's a great way to kick off this season. 
Well, following that game, we have five straight before a week seven bye, and they're every other. One is home, one is away, one is home, one is in London, one is home, one is away, and that's that's exciting. I think you know you've got the Packers on opening uh, home opener, then the Eagles on Monday Night Football, and then the Lions. You tackle a home division game, and then you pick up your bags and head off to fancy London town. Uh, and I think the most interesting part about this beginning half of the of the schedule, besides all the division games being home right out of the gate, that Bears game is going to be a really interesting contest because that will be the first time you face a new look coaching staff as well in that Bears team. But then also one of the few teams to opt out of taking that bye week after being in London. So it's it's going to be a quick turnaround, Lindsay. I thought it was interesting that we didn't take the bye right after being in London, but I I I like that we didn't, to be honest, just because if you have a week five bye, that feels really early. Yeah. So I like not having it right after London, but definitely is a quick turnaround. At least, of course, it's a home game. See what I what stands out to me about that is that I think it's been like four or five seasons in a row where we've hosted the Bears for the regular season finale. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wait, we're hosting them in October? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the fact that the Bears are similar to us as far as like their new regime, like Tatum said, and them still trying to figure out, okay, what is this team? What's the identity going to look like? I think that that should bode well for Vikings fans or Vikings players who we have an identity here. We ha- we've got, we've had some success. We don't have to worry about our offensive line problems like the Bears do. So it should be a, I guess a, a third home. It should be a good way to to kick off another third home game of the season. So after that, that that New Orleans game, that'll be a good game to to get under our belt. Hopefully, we can get a win. But speaking of that bye week, I believe there's been 60 teams that have played in London mm-hmm. since um, we've been doing London game. The NFL has been doing London games, and only five teams have had have not had a bye the week afterwards. So this is this is very rare for for us to be able to get approved to not have a bye week after that. And I think that was something Quasi and the front office all uh, were pushing for before um, the season started. And I believe that they went two and three in those five two games. Three, so yeah. there really hasn't been, you know, a staggering difference. Looking at these first six weeks before the bye, it's kind of crazy the odd week. So you've got home against Packers, home against the Lions, and home against the Bears week five. Then you flip it. You look at the the even number games, weeks two, four, and six. We are playing at Philly on Monday night, at London for the Saints, and then week six at Miami. So basically, we're either staying home or flying east yeah. to play our games for those first six games. So yeah, week one against Packers, two against Eagles, three against the Lions, four against the Saints, five against the Bears, and six at Miami. That's going to be kind of a funky schedule, but it'll be even. And it'll feel pretty good, I think, to go into that week seven bye and just kind of catch your breath before the sprint that happens at the end. I am expecting some Vikings fans to be bummed out that our game at Miami is in October and not December. <laughs> that is correct. Oh, wow. Sure. Yeah, that is very true. That I wonder how many true. players are just going to stay in Miami for the bye week. You play the Dolphins and then you don't have a game the week afterwards. Just That's a good question. There's a lot of them who stay down there in the offseason for sure. It's a hot spot. But for me, I, I look at it as also, you know, you get – two playoff teams right out of the gate, then you have four teams there that miss the playoffs. So you can still prove a lot um, in those first six weeks. And um, and I look at the Eagles and the Saints as being two teams that obviously the Vikings have a lot of playoff history with. So they're not division games. But I mean, if you even just look at the first five teams, you just kind of go, wow, there is a lot, a lot of, you know, backstory to all those first five matchups right out of the gate. And it's, 
There's a ton of them. Yeah, like you just said. I mean, Packers, everybody hates them. <laughs> the, <laughs> Eagle, the, the Eagles at this point from the NFC Championship and all the animosity of that. The Lions had our number last year in, in the, you know, the, the, the walk-off. Or, yeah. Um, the Saints, there's tons of bla- bad blood there. And then mm-hmm. Chicago, I mean, everyone always loves to beat up on the Bears. It's the black and blue division. And like you said, you know, you've got two new head coaches. That'll be an interesting match. And just to kind of see where their careers go moving forward after this year. But, yeah, that first quarter of the season, there's definitely some storylines there. Yeah, outside of Aaron Rodgers, a lot of these quarterbacks in these – well, a lot of these quarterbacks in these first six weeks are similar. I mean, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. week one, you got Jalen Hurts week two. Uh, Jared Goff, he can run the ball. He beat his last year throwing the ball in that last drive of the game. Hate to bring that up for Vikings fans that are listening, but you got Jameis Winston week four. Jameis Winston, Jalen Hurts, similar quarterbacks. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, similar quarterback. Tua, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, similar quarterback to the other guys. Tungavailoa. Tua, Tungavailoa. I Similar always, quarterbacks to all those I'm guys. impressed. They always say it's tongue, tongue of Iola. Tongue of Iola. Yeah, that's how I always remember to say that one. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to butcher his name. Look, I, I, had, there, look so. I covered SEC football. Like, it had to it had to be said. Tutu. Tutu. TT. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a really great point. I think um, that could be very helpful, could play, in, play into our hands. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but after that five-week stretch, you get a bye. Week seven, as Lindsay mentioned, and then... October 30th, the night before Halloween, is the Cardinals game at home. And then you have two road games against the Commanders and then the Bills. Anything sticking out about those three games to you, Gabe? That's the toughest stretch right there thus far of the season. You got uh, I mean, three playoff teams. Mm-hmm. And Washington, they had, you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they have a playoff ready defense. And Carson um, so Wentz now. Still trying to figure out their, you know, quarterback situation. Is Carson Wentz the guy of the future? He's there now. But I feel like they'll have an identity by then. But you got Arizona, Washington, and then the Buffalo Bills team. That is um, a lot of – and a lot of mine, Super Bowl bound. So we will really be tested after the bye. That's why I think starting early, getting those six games, getting off to a great start there is key. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to get to some of these, you know, deeper games and throughout the year, you want to have those wins in case – you know, you you let a few slip um, later in the year. I'm just thinking of last year. Um, everybody talks about the missed field goal against the Cardinals. Like, you know, that one missed field goal, we make that field goal, we're in the playoffs. So you, you definitely want to start fast because it definitely starts to get busy and a lot harder. The st- schedule gets harder in that case um, once you get after the bye. The other thing about both of those away games at Washington and at Buffalo, those tend to be places where the weather can get super nasty, especially later in the winter. But the weird thing about playing there in November is you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> I've been in those places around that time, and it can be beautiful and sunny, or it can be an absolute miserable game. And so those are two places that, whether it was supposed to be back in you know December or January, the fact that it's November, you're like, oh, it shouldn't be as bad as it could be, and you're correct, but... Both of those places in that November time frame, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get for no weather. <laughs> and they're terrible stadiums. You said it. <laughs> I'll work that one. Exactly. And I went to the You yeah. said it. I mean, if you look at uh, just Twitter right now and type in Jalen Hurts FedEx field, that's everything you need to know. <laughs> I think the Bills are building a new field, though, right? Not yeah. This, yeah but not yet. Yeah. I mean, obviously, ready, well, but, not now, guys. But, I mean, I'm not oblivious. Understood. <laughs> but, that's a, but that's the thing about this place is. is Knowing how how bad upstate yeah. New York can be, you might have a snowstorm then, or it might be seventy some degrees. Like you just you flat out don't know what you're going to get at that time of year. But yeah, those two places back to back that'll be 
interesting East Coast jaunts they have to go to. But then after you return from the cold Buffalo Stadium, I was going to say bad stadium. New Airfield. Uh, when you return from Buffalo, when you return to, from Buffalo, <laughs> you've got a stretch of three straight home games. However, that does include a Thanksgiving Day game, which is the first time the Vikings are hosting a Thanksgiving Day game. They've previously they've played in eight games on Thanksgiving. The last one though in 2017 with the Lions, but. Hosting the Patriots on Thanksgiving Day, only four days before the Dallas Cowboys return to U.S. Bank Stadium. Lindsay, that's a tough stretch right there where you've got five home games over a six-week stretch. Well, and not only that, so I actually I actually do like playing on Thanksgiving, so I don't mind having that game, especially since it's at home. But like you mentioned, you have the Dallas Cowboys on November 20th, and then you turn around and have that short turnaround for the Patriots on Thanksgiving Day. Um, it is an evening game. It's at 720. So you get a few extra hours in there to kind of to take to, a nap. After yeah. You yeah. To kind of recoup. Um, but I do like playing on Thanksgiving. But I think, you know, to kind of add on to what Gabe was saying to that stretch, I mean, to have the Cowboys and, and the Patriots. And I understand, you know, the Patriots are not maybe the same Patriots that we're used to a few years ago, but you're still playing Coach Bill Belichick. And I think anything can happen with him. And so, especially on prime time, I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, Belichick is 5-1 and one versus the Vikings. That one loss was his first year of coaching in, in New England. That's Let's make it 2002. So yeah, exactly. Love the positivity. My favorite thing about playing the Patriots at this point is there is a little bit of bad blood that it seems like the competitive juices between Adam Thielen and Bill Belichick. So we know that uh, the Patriots and the Vikings on this one, Kevin, you know, with his history as well, he's going to want to put his best foot forward against Coach Belichick. Um, and knowing that, yeah, they've had our number that way. Any of the longtime players at this point who have been a part of those five losses uh, are going to want to have a little bit of redemption here. Dude, that's a heck of a three-game stretch. You got three games in 11 days. Mm -hmm. The Bills, Cowboys, and Patriots. Yeah. And the fact that you got Washington before the the Bills game and the Cardinals before that game, like we just talked about, like this team will be battle-tested come Thanksgiving. Well, and the Jets loaded up in the draft, too. Yeah. And so you look at yeah. that right after – uh, that game, you get a little bit of time in between there, but then that kind of kicks off a whole other stretch. You've got the Jets, and they kick off your December slate, and then a week later at Detroit, and then a week later, could be six days later, it could be a Saturday or a Sunday game, you host the Colts, and then you host the New York Giants on Christmas Eve. The Jets, our old friend Tyler Conklin, will be coming back. It'll be good well, just to see... For sure. What that team's going to turn into, you know, like you said, they loaded up with talent in the draft. If they if they hit on even their first round talent, if two of those people hit, that'll be a giant boost for them. Plus, they have a, you know, quarterback that they drafted last year and they want to see what's going to happen with him. Is he going to have a sophomore slump or is he going to be somebody that's going to jump out again in year two? Mm -hmm. Now that they've added some weapons around him and they had some guys like uh, Berrios jump out last year at wide receiver. Like if he's got some weapons and they have an offense that can function, they're potentially going to be a team, especially on that stretch of home games with that being early December, that the Jets might be somebody that could jump out and get you when you're not expecting it. I mean, I was super impressed by the Jets draft. Like I thought they really added some talent and I'm, you know, just like you guys said, I'm intrigued to see how much improvement 
that that makes immediately um and definitely excited for that tyler conklin reunion game yeah that'll be that'll be a lot of fun if I, like if i'm looking at two teams right now that i think it'll be just a, a air raid or an air <laughs> attack it's going to be the miami dolphins because they have all those receivers and all that speed and yeah. then the New York Jets. This is a team that you got a quarterback that's come from a spread offense, likes to throw the ball, has three really good receivers now, and now has two tight ends and CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin. Like this is I think our secondary will get tested. And I think this is going to be a game where fan friendly game because it's either going to be a lot of teams scoring a lot of touchdowns or it's going to be another team stopping a lot of people from scoring and getting a lot of interceptions. So I, that that's one game that I have circled on, on the schedule right now because we just don't know how good the New York Jets will be. You said the thinking about you know the Miami offense and yeah. the wide receivers. So they've got Terry Kill. You've got you know the Bears with a revamped wide receiver core, and that they lost some people. Saints went and made a you know couple of draft picks here. The Eagles went out and made the trade on draft night. AJ Brown, exactly. So you've got all of those. Um, and like, the Packers exactly. with their Christian Watson yeah. trade up drafting, losing Devonte, but then going up and grabbing him. There are, I know there, there's a ton of talent across the entire league, but the battle tested secondary, that is a thing, especially by the back end of the season. They're going to have seen some, some of the top echelon or at least top young talent in this league running throughout the schedule. So as a fan, you're going to get to see not only what we have for our weapons, but you're going to see how some of those new changes that happen on defense are going to have to react to that in the rest of the schedule for the season. Not to mention Hollywood Brown with the Cardinals. Yep. Or Stefan Diggs yep. with the Bills. I don't know if he's got this uh, circled on his calendar or not. Oh, no, you don't? Uh, you don't know or James sure? Cook. James Cook with yeah. Buffalo. Yep. Or Harrison Phillips. That's oh, the thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ties. Or and Leslie I mean, Frazier. Leslie Frazier. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ties yeah. between the storylines for the Buffalo game are pretty intriguing. I mean, the Minneapolis miracle, like, is reunited there. I know, <laughs> I, like, I know Case is not their starting quarterback, but just the fact the that the backup, yeah. 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 It, so that's, there's so many juicy storylines in here. From week six to week 10, you have three out of four away games. And then from week 11 through 16, you've got four out of five home games. So, like, there's going to be as balanced as the front end is, that back end is going to be very topsy turvy as far as this team is not going to be able to get a lot of home cooking to start. And then they're going to come home, and that's all they're going to get until the last two weeks of the season. As you mentioned, the last two weeks of the season, starting on a January 1st matchup at Lambeau. Everybody loves a snowy Happy game, New right? Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. And then the next week will be, gosh, a tale as old as time. A season-ending game against the Bears. Against the Bears. And it's going to be at Soldier Field. I know. Color us surprised. It's the one feel. I feel like we could even release those games before the NFL does because we already know it's going to happen. I feel like the Bears want to play in Minnesota during that time of the year. Like, this is... The, only the schedule makers want to make this happen in Chicago, but you know, it's what the schedule ha- holds. And um, just talking to some of the players earlier um, today, they saw the schedule and they saw the first thing they saw were the last two games, apparently. And they were like, you know, the responses there, there were some disdain in the responses, but I think that the mindset is you take care of business earlier in the year and then you don't have to worry about trying to win games or must win games towards the end. But those three divisional games in the final five weeks of the season, that, that really tells you, how your season is going to be. I think we had what three divisional games in the first five weeks and then three divisional games to end in the first in the last five weeks. So this will be interesting. Definitely bookended. And when I look at playing at Chicago, you definitely have the cold weather thing. Um, you know, I think we're pretty used to playing in Green Bay there in December or January, but with Chicago as well, they play on grass. And so mm-hmm. what I think of is playing on a grass field 
in week 18 and, you know, hopefully you're going into the playoffs after that. So you just want to keep everybody safe and healthy. And so, yeah, I was not surprised to see the Bears as the regular season finale, but I was kind of wishing that it was a home game. For any of you degenerate prop bet people, cash those tickets. We're playing the Bears week, the last week of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's I think that's also something that to keep in a note of is why the beginning of the schedule is so important is because when those games start to really matter down the stretch, you don't necessarily or division games matter down the stretch. You don't have that home field advantage. Yeah. And so a lot on the line when those happen. But, um, you know, you guys probably got all the push alerts and all the stuff about all the tickets that are available right now. Head to Ticketmaster.com to get one or all nine home game tickets. Also, if you got a bunch of buddies, you got a bunch of girlfriends, want to take a trip, want to go somewhere. And by girlfriends, I mean girls who have friends. Let's not take, you know, all your girlfriends, literally. I don't know what you're talking I about. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and head to a Vikings away game. There's some really cool spots. Miami. Uh, I was going to say New York. Buffalo. <laughs> go get some wings. Hey, I've already claimed go. the Buffalo trip, so I'm planning to head to that one. Yeah, and obviously, if you can get those tickets to the to the January 1st or January 7th or 8th games against the Packers or the Bears, those guys will need you out there. It'll be nice and balmy, I'm sure. Pack a coat. <laughs> Pack a coat <laughs> or seven. There. Yeah, that, would, that, that game, um, that is one game I'm not looking forward to, is that Packers game. Um, just because of how cold it gets up there in the booth. Those two grass games in that kind of weather will show how mentally tough this team is. And you got to have that mental toughness going to the playoffs. What do you guys mean? Aren't you excited to go spend New Year's Eve in Green Bay? I was also thinking about that. If somebody was like, oh, well, at least the Packers game kicks off at like three o'clock. So you have enough time to kind of sleep in after staying up for New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, yeah. And watching the ball drop from Green Bay. <laughs> Whoa. Listen, all I care about is that we have a flight home because last year we were on the commercial flight and oh it got delayed and then it was broken and there was no plane. And we had to, uh, about 10 of us had to rent cars or I guess SUVs Yikes. and drive back to the city on like an right? hour of sleep. So like, I'm like, just get me home from there. That's all I ask. <laughs> between, we had to come in and go to work. Between the caravan of people coming back that way, uh, planes sliding off of tarmacs, there's a <laughs> long history of Vikings planes, trains, and automobiles coming back from Green Bay. So I only find that it's fitting. Yeah, I hope everyone does get back safe and sound from Green Bay. And, and it's a lot to look forward to. So be sure to check out your app, Ticketmaster.com, to get those tickets now so you can be like Lindsay and I and set your distinct schedule and write it in your planner mm-hmm. and know exactly where and when you're going to be. Uh, as for our rookies, we know where they're going to be. They are arriving in Minnesota on Thursday. And the schedule release, obviously not the only thing going on. So rookie minicamp is this weekend and the rookies get their first glimpses of the facility. They meet their position coaches and teammates before being integrated with the veterans and OTAs next week. So I like to call this basically like a boot camp for these guys, an introduction into the league before they hit the ground running as a professional. Gabe, you spoke to a number of the rookies last week. You can also check out those interviews on Vikings.com. Who has impressed you the most of the guys that you have talked to? Oh, just one. Brian, I've said this before um, last week in pick six, Brian Asamoah, mm-hmm. um, just a really good story. He, he's a guy that understands his role. Um, he's the modern day linebacker, can run sideline to sideline. He's going to have to put on some weight, but the un, but to understand that 
he's willing to put on that weight. He's willing to to put in the hours needed to be able to be that linebacker one day, even if that means he has to play special teams his first year. Um, I, I really love his mindset, and I really love the fact that he understands um, what he can bring to this team in year one and what that means for him in the future. He's somebody that I know special teams coordinator Matt Daniels is pretty pumped to get his hands on once he gets in the building as well. Lindsay, I know you've been listening to press conferences and you do research on these guys, a lot of them, for the five things to know about, which is always super helpful to kind of get the rundown on them. That's on Vikings.com. Who most intrigues you from this rookie class that's coming in this week? So there were two names that came to mind for me, and I feel like it is a little cliche to to go with the first round pick, but I'm really excited to see how Lewis scene turns out. I think, you know, of course, going into draft night, we didn't know were we going to stay at 12, were we going to trade? I think probably most people were surprised that when we traded all the way from 12 down to 32, but it really seems like we got a great value pick in, in Lewis scene. I've heard so many great things about him and I was really impressed by him too. Just coming in when he was speaking to the media, just seemed, you know, very just kind of calm, self-confident, um, you know, loves the game of football. That's very clear. And so I'm excited to see what he adds to our secondary. Obviously we have Harrison Smith and we have Cam Bynum as well. And so, you know, Coach O'Connell has talked about maybe having some three safety packages at times and just looking to see how, at how he fits in. And then I guess I didn't even realize this until now, but sticking with the the DBs for me, I'm also really intrigued by a Caleb Evans um, cornerback who we drafted in the fourth round. And I think like it might just be too that I've really like he has a really magnetic personality. And so I think when you do like Zoom calls with draft picks immediately after getting drafted, they don't know who any of the media is. They're not here when you can sort of, you know, feel a player's personality and excitement through a call mm-hmm. like that. I think it, it automatically kind of, you know, um, your antennas go up. And that's how I felt with a Caleb. He just seems like a really positive, um, you know, guy who's passionate about the game, excited to be here. Tatum already knows about this, but he's got to say you have to admit why you actually are really excited about him. He has a bunny, you guys. And (laughs) his bunny's name is Benji. Benji the bunny. And we all know that I do the Purple Pup series (laughs) and I really want to do a bunny episode with a Caleb. So, yes, I am excited about the bunny, but I'm also excited to see what he does on the field. So does rabbits make the cut for pups? Because technically you're the president, so you get to you have the final say. So yes, so every year we try to do one episode that is not actually about a dog. So we've done a cats episode. We did one with B Rob, who lives on a ranch, and he's got everything from like peacocks to you know horses. He's got the whole gamut. So I definitely think. Benji the bunny can Benji make the, the cut. Benji the bunny makes the cut. Okay. I I just when he when I interviewed him about this and asked him about Benji, first of all named after his grandfather, which is just so sweet, right? And Benji, he got a couple months ago because he had a bunny growing up um, when he was in high school, and then when he got drafting, he was going to be moving, and he's like, you know, he 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 said verbatim, I asked my mom and dad if I could get a bunny, and I was like, oh my gosh, like how I don't know. First of all, he's pure. He's a pure he soul is. to see, you know, a 21, 22 year old man talk about not a rabbit. It's a bunny, which I think is just adorable. He's just seems like a just a genuinely nice kid. I don't know. I'm just going to get him to say bunny as many times as I can because it just cracked me up. That's, I was just obsessed. That's bunny. Yeah. It was, see, it's very bunny. Bunny's cute. Bunny's cute. Is he a bad bunny? <laughs> bad bunny from the commercial. That's what I always think about. 
Does he, does he like bugs? I don't know. Okay. Wow. That we're going down. We're going a down a trip. Oh, we're going down. Let's go. Let's go. All right. You should have seen. Lizzie didn't even realize she, she said know. that until she after no she said it. Oh, my God. I was going to make a carrot joke. I'm, I'm out on this one. Lindsay just threw the hammer down. She did. I'm so proud of she my did. accidental humor. Yeah, yeah Your great. face was that's priceless. Great. Priceless. All right. On that note, Jay, who excites you the most about rookie minicamp as far as like your longtime Viking fandom goes? I want to see Booth. I want to see what Booth does because he's a guy that was projected potential first round guy. He's now somebody that slid and people, a lot of the critics are kind of citing that pick as the potential steal for this draft class for the team. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a guy that there are going to be a lot of eyes on him just to see what he can do. So when he jumps in here and gets into the mix, I want to see how quickly he gets up to speed. And if there is a chance that both Booth and Seen are guys that are our potential future and we see that early and we see that quickly, that is going to be super exciting. So I just want to see what Mr. Booth is able to do when he does get his opportunity here with the Vikings. Between the guys that the Vikings have retained and the new guys they've signed, plus these draft, the three DBs in the draft class, Luke Keekley on NFL Network this week said this was his favorite secondary going into the season. And I see you shaking your head, Gabe. So Luke Keekley is my like top five favorite player of all time. I kind of figured that you would be a big fan. And um, I, I love him for obvious reasons. He played for my hometown team, but he, I think he's one of the smartest linebackers to ever play. Might be one of the best line, middle linebackers to ever play mm-hmm. the game. Um, he does make a lot of comments that I'm like, And this is one of those comments where I'm like, hey, you know, we really want this secondary to be great. And I know I work for the team, so I have to be, you know, on the the good side of the fence. But I think to say the best secondary in the NFL, I think right now that is a little bit of a stretch simply because we don't we haven't seen a lot of these guys. I was going to say, I think the word you might look be looking for is unproven. Yeah, the potential is there, but nothing is is on paper. And, you know, there is there should be a lot of hype around this team around around this secondary if you look at you know last year and just look at the stats this defense should be a lot better and I think when Kwesi gets up to the podium when he got hired and said this defense is meant is built to make it easy on the cornerbacks then you can say okay I can see what Luke Keekley is saying but still I think it's still kind of premature to say that but hopefully he's right I mean at the end of the day hopefully Luke Keekley is, is is on point and we can play this interview back um, next February and say, Luke, we knew. I I would love to see that. I think, <laughs> I think you know, the ceiling is incredibly high with the secondary. Yeah. And so I do hope that, that Luke is seeing something here in the future. I hope with the Luke side, that's going to be a fun one. Cause if you do get to the back end of the season and all of a sudden you have seen a giant jump in the secondary play, that is going to be a fun uh, interview that we're going to try and yeah. snag with Mr. Keekley to yeah. say, all right, you uh, decided to throw this out there as red meat even before the <laughs> schedule came out. We were going to ask you to defend yourself. Now it's going to be basically, you were right. You, everyone else was wrong. And right. just, I think the idea for a guy like Luke is he's looking at it, as you said, potentially the best secondary. But it, like you said, Tatum, it's unproven. And I just think about where we were going into last season, during last season, and then at the beginning of the offseason and how much angst there was about what do we have here. I think the infusion of new talent and the young guys that are here, the promise of what this might be, 
we're going to start to get a little bit of a look at it here already this weekend. And so that's the fun part, too, is then once the rookies are in the building, you start to hear little rumors and little buzzes about, did you see this play and did you see how they reacted that way? And once the rookies then merge with the rest of the veterans, that's when you really realize, well, they stood out against the rookies, but how are they going to fare against the veterans? That's when you really understand what you potentially have. It's a grown man league. And until you get into – uh, the thick of things and OTAs and mini camp and training camp, then that's when you can start to see what rookies separate themselves from the bunch. And I think right now, like you said, it's very premature, but once they get with these grown men and Harrison Smith and your know, Eric Kendricks of the world, that's when we'll see these boys turn into men. Yeah, we're excited to see all those guys in here. But before we let you go, Lindsay, let's talk about getting open. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. For the second time, Lindsay's gathered all walks of life across the Vikings organization to talk about all things mental health. And Lindsay, I know we've heard on several platforms why that was important for you. But so I kind of want to ask and start off the conversation this way. For this being such a big passion project for you, what was it like to get the green light to do it again this time around? Getting the green light to move ahead with it for a second season was really exciting for me. I don't know if it's exciting is the right word just because it's always a a tough topic and a weighty topic. And to be honest with you, I wish there weren't so many stories to tell around this topic. But the fact of the matter is there are. And I think I'm incredibly honored that people trust me with their stories and, you know, trust me enough to be vulnerable about their experiences. Some of the people that we're talking to this year, just like last spring, maybe deal with uh, mental illness or mental health challenges themselves. Maybe some of them have been indirectly affected um, because of family members or friends, loved ones experiences. And so being able to tell those stories again was really great. And I think especially because last spring we really, you know, as a group, those of us who put out the series heard from some people we knew, some people within the organization, but then also people that total strangers that that reached out and were like, hey, like this specific story really spoke to me or I related with this or I was having a really rough mental health day. And then I heard this story and it made me remember that I'm not alone. And so the more that we can do that, you know, is incredible. And so I am really happy that it's come back this year. We'll have it through the month of May and then I believe a few segments into June as well. If you follow Getting Open last year, you know it's one of the best, and I hate promoting content, especially something like this, but it is simply, I told you before, simply one of the best pieces of content that we do here. And that that all shows, that always goes back to who the person is behind it, which is you, which I got the utmost respect for you, but understanding that it's coming back for another year. Did you redefine your why that you wanted to do this coming into year two or season two of, of Getting Open? I don't know if I'd say redefine, but definitely broaden. Mm. I think, you know, a year removed from last year, having heard additional stories, having heard feedback from people as well on what stories really impacted them. I think that reminded me about how broad this topic is. So, for instance, one of the episodes that we will have coming up is we sat down with Viking safety Josh Metellus and his wife Haley. And we talked to Josh a little bit last year when he did My Cause, My Cleats. He he raised awareness for postpartum depression. But we sat down and had a really deep conversation with the two of them. And I think something like that is, you know, postpartum depression is very 
Um, it's very specific. And maybe that's something that we don't talk a lot about. And especially because people think about that affecting women. And so why would that be a conversation that we have here within the NFL? But that discussion in and of itself, I'm really looking forward to people hearing because I think it's going to be really impactful. And so I think being able to have the opportunity to bring it back for a second year, I really wanted to kind of broaden the stories that we were telling. Like, how are you able to get these guys who, you know, I love when in the CJ Ham article, you brought up a good point that it's a stick to quote unquote stick to football mentality or something that you want to put them in a box for. But how are you able to get these guys who shoot half the time they don't even really want to do interviews with us sometimes, you know, like how do you get them to open up to you? I think there's multiple aspects to it. I think part of it is because last year when I was planning interviews, I hadn't publicly talked about my own experience with mental illness. And now I have. But at that point, I was kind of sharing that with those guys and saying, this is why I care about this topic. Like, Mm -hmm. it's real to me. It's close to my heart. I take it seriously. I have lived it and I want to be able to help other people. And so I think, I don't know if credibility is the right word, but sort of letting them know a little bit of my own story. And then too, I think is just making sure that everybody who's involved with our series like you said, most of them being men, there are a couple um, partners involved, but just the fact that we want this to be a safe space and a comfortable place. And these, these people are coming forward because they want to share their story to help someone else. And so for us, it's really important. Obviously none of the interviews that we do are live or, or anything like that, because we want it to be a safe space where people can open up and feel comfortable. And I'm just really privileged. Like, I know that my name is on the series and whatever, but there are so many people who are helping with this project, whether it's from design or social or Jay doing the recording and Christian editing, you know, the the interviews. There's just so many hands in it. And ultimately, like... I'm just a conduit to tell these stories Mm -hmm. because I can put words together and know where to put commas, but like it's their story and I am honored to help them tell it. Well, you do an amazing job. Thank you guys so much. And I I know that's not what you want to hear, but I think this is a topic that needs to continue to, to have a light shine on. And um, I'm glad someone like you is able to, to bring that to in house, you know, because a lot of these a lot of fans just look at these athletes as just athletes or look at them as like having nice cars. And that's great. You know, they, they have to have escapes from life. But still, you do once you once you read these stories, you do you do get a sense of, hey, these these guys are human. They have the same story as everyone else. Mm-hmm. People are people are people. And yeah. I think that this series just further illustrates that. Of course, Lindsay did mention that there is an audio format for this as well. So under the getting under the audio page on Vikings.com, you can hear the conversations that Lindsay has with each subject. So far, it's been Dr. Mack, the team clinician, and CJ Ham have opened up. I know you have plenty more episodes available very soon. You can check out those articles also on Vikings.com. You definitely don't want to miss that. But the offseason programming is ramping up with Rookie Minicamp and OTA, so be sure to stick with Vikings.com or the app for all the latest news and interviews. Now that the schedule is officially released, you can also go grab your tickets. Nine home games, plenty of chances, no excuses. We want to see you in U.S. Bank Stadium for the 2022 season. So head to your Ticketmaster app, get your tickets today. We are just one step closer to that 2022 season opener against the Packers, guys. It's going to be exciting times. Thanks for listening. And as always, like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest episodes of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. 